Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 61. Today, Andrea and I are talking about rewards, reinforcement, feedback, and motivation. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Hey, Andrea. Hey, Beth. I'm good. We were just, uh, yeah, we got some snow last night, so my older one, she actually... She actually did have school today, but my husband, we had drive her to school, so he didn't feel like driving her to school. So she's home. The baby's home. It was supposed to be my day to get stuff done, but, you know, <laughs> yay! Nice. Yeah, we have been getting dumped on over here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's gorgeous. It's just way more snow than anyone is equipped to deal with. I mean, luckily, we're right on the main road, so it's, like, not an issue, really, for us if we need to go somewhere, but... Yeah, they're supposed to get, like, up to, like, another, like, seven or eight inches today. So, on top of, like, we already have, like, probably a good foot in our yard. So That's amazing. <laughs> like, I'm it's a, insane. Yeah. I'm a little jealous. I mean, we maybe, I mean, I can still see our grass. So. Oh, yeah, no, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, we didn't We didn't get very much at all. And we've had, like, warm weather and, like, it's been so up and down. Oh, wow. And it's just, it's weird. I I don't, I love snow and I wouldn't, I would love a good snow so that we can go skiing and like be really nice. But, um, this like little, like a little bit here and there is kind of annoying. Oh yeah, for sure. We don't have, we need a sled. We don't have that. And it's not packing snow, which kind of like, I don't know. I think people have been like, you know, making snow forts out of it, but like it takes a lot of effort. So I'm like, never mind. But anyways, Remy's just like, doesn't care. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. And my voice is still messed up, so sorry, everyone, but it's only a couple of days after we we did our last podcast, to be fair, so. Yeah, we'll give you a little bit more time. It'll yeah. be okay. Anyways. All right, so I feel like we got a little bit heated uh, towards the end of our, our talk last week, so I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. Um, I just want to make note that, you know, for me personally, Sometimes I just, like, want to do everything right. I think everybody wants to do everything right. And then there's all of a sudden someone says something that, like, challenges something that I've always understood and know is true. And my knee-jerk response was like, oh, my gosh, no, this is what the research says. I've done this research. But then I sat back, like, it was three days ago we had this conversation. So I thought over the weekend and I was like, huh. This is, this is, you know, this is actually something that really makes a lot of sense. And yeah, my child is not a dog. So I'm really excited to talk about the information on rewards, reinforcement, feedback, and motivation today. And I want people to realize that, like, we are never here trying to say, hey, you're doing this wrong. We are here to be give you insight and thought and to make you kind of be kind of mindful in your parenting practices and think about, oh, well, if something's not working, well, here's some information on why it might not be working and that kind of thing. It is not a judgment zone. It is not a, you know, we know all the right answers or the right things. This is kind of like a lot of the topics we choose to pick are things that we're struggling with in our own parenting relationships and uh, all of the, you know, our health relationships, those kinds of things. So I just wanted to kind of start with that as a caveat, since who knows where this conversation will go today. 
Yes, and thank you. Like you, I actually have a giant notepad of this thing that just says it's okay as this reminder to say that because I like wrote all these notes and this morning I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I don't want this to come across as anyone doing anything wrong. Like if you are currently yelling and beating the shit out of your kid, like it's okay. Like it's, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're obviously here for a reason and, and this is a learning process. And like, I, you know, had a lot of corporal punishment used as me on a child. And like, here I am talking about this stuff. Like, it's okay. Like it's, it's, we, we learn one thing and, you know, we learn that there's different ways to do things. And my goal is to make people's lives easier. And for me, when I learned about this stuff, it sounded like it was something that would make my life a whole lot easier. And it was something that I recognized as, oh, this probably influenced me growing up, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And I, you know, was something that I'm now working to change. So if it's something that resonates with you, cool. If it doesn't resonate with you right now and it feels like, you know what, this method of rewards or praise or whatever I'm using right now is working really well for me, then don't worry about it. You know, come back to it if you need to. And if it's working for your kid right now, it's working for your kid. What I found really appealing for me is that I found that this method so far seems to help with my own personal emotional regulation. And when, and that's something I was working on pre-child. And for me, I have found that when I, I was, I've talked about this before, I pretty much was a very volatile, emotional, reactive person. And it seemed to be working when I was like that. And then when I worked on it, it seemed to also make my life better. <laughs> so I find now that when I do have those outbursts, I, it's, I don't know, it's harder for me to enjoy life and work through things like how I am choosing to work through them now. Like there's no right or wrong here. It's just, I like it better when I can be kind of a smooth, stable emotion. It just feels much better for me. And I find this helps to emphasize that piece in me, which is why I think it appeals to me so much. So yes, no matter what you're doing right now, like you're okay. Like you're gonna be okay. Your kids are gonna be okay. Like people and kids are resilient as heck. And so this isn't to say you are doing anything wrong. This is just presenting something else. That's all. (laughs) I love it. So I wanted to start off with some kind of definitions because I feel like these are words that I think were discussed in my psych 101 class in college and um and some of that kind of early on research that i had been exposed to so so the definition of a reward is a thing given given in recognition of one's service effort or achievement now i also want to make note that i'm going to talk about positive and negative reinforcement it doesn't necessarily say that these are rewards that are given this is just positive or negative reinforcement and that is where i kind of went wrong so positive reinforcement involves when you add something, uh, a a reinforcing stimulus following a behavior that makes it more likely to occur again in the future. So when a favorable outcome, event, or reward occurs after an action, that particular response will be strengthened. So it can be a favorable outcome, it can be a favorable, like an event, or a reward. So it doesn't have to be a reward, it can be something else. For instance, uh, I had all these things for negative reinforcement that my brain just kind of shut down for positive reinforcement. Like, 
I'm hungry, so I ate food, and now I feel better. That's positive reinforcement. Like, you know, I was hungry, I ate something, my stomach doesn't feel hungry anymore. So that's kind of positive reinforcement without, you know, the sense of a reward. Negative reinforcement is the involves the removal of a negative condition to strengthen a behavior. For instance, putting on sunscreen prevents you from getting sunburn. Okay, it's not something you can't like take away the sunscreen after or sunburn after the fact, but if you put sunscreen on before, then you will not get sunburn. Punishment, on the other hand, involves either presenting or taking away a stimulus to weaken a behavior. So the most used example in my house is when my child doesn't listen, we take away her favorite toy, right? So that that is kind of a punishment thing. The other definition I want to give you that I mentioned a little bit last week is feedback. So feedback is how often you provide the reinforcement. So it can be, you know, maybe you never reinforce a behavior or um, punish a behavior. Maybe you do it 100% of the time, you know, 100% of the time that the child sits on the potty, you give them a Skittle. Then maybe it's uh, variable feedback. So, you know, maybe it's, you know, every other you know, every couple of times, but it's random, and then sometimes it's interval. So a lot of the research done with these specific things has been with animals. Um, a lot of, you know, I think about a lot of this with, like, dogs and training dogs. So when you are training a dog to do something, what our trainer taught us to do was, in the beginning, you give a treat every single time, 100% of the time. So that's 100% feedback. You're positively reinforcing a behavior. However, the only way to get that behavior to really stick, if you're, like, trying to get them to sit on command, is to then all of a sudden start to make that feedback more variable. So they're not always getting a treat 100% of the time because then all of a sudden it becomes, well, I don't really feel like a treat, so I don't really feel like doing it. So, and I think that kind of comes into play where we're talking about this intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. So if we're expecting something, if we know that sitting when we're told to sit gives us a treat and we don't really feel like a treat, there is no reason for us to sit when we're told to sit. So that's, that's sort of the basic definitions that I wanted to give to give us some background on where we are talking about. That's great. And that's really helpful. And I think, um, and I hadn't like put this together in my head completely. So that was actually really helpful before you said those definitions is I think reinforcements can be extra extrinsic or intrinsic as well. So like if you eat something and then you're no longer hungry, that's like an intrinsic reinforcement versus like there can be extrinsic positive reinforcement that someone else is then doling out to you um, or society is giving you, you know, like you look a certain way and society reacts a certain way. That is also like an extrinsic motivation versus intrinsic. You look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I like the way I look. And that makes you feel good. That would be an intrinsic positive reinforcement. So I guess my kind of argument like coming, that's just putting it together in my head is like my argument is to focus on intrinsic positive reinforcement versus us as parents extrinsically providing that positive reinforcement. Um, so yeah, I think Beth covered this at the end is that Skinner's research, which, sorry, Skinner was the guy who did all this like positive reinforcement. He was kind of the big name in psychology behind this. <clears throat> His was only done on animals. And if you read about him, like he had this amazing contributes to, um, contributions to psychology, but he was like a super weird guy when you start looking into him. And he really believed at like the heart of all his research that like human actions were completely dictated on these reinforcements. Like he actually doesn't really believe that humans have free will. 
Like it comes down to like, they're not actually making it. Like he says this of himself too. Like, oh, any decision I'm making is because of negative and reinforcements that's happened to the past culminating in this next decision I'm going to make. Um, and like, anyways, I'm not going to go into him because I could talk about him. He's just in- very, very interesting. So when you start like looking at it like that, you kind of are like, okay, there's only so much transferability from animals to people because obviously what separates us from animals, our thinking is way more complex. So I, I personally do not believe that we don't have free will and that all of our decisions are based on that. Um, and so that does kind of dictate like where you fall in this debate. Cause if you fall with, in line with his beliefs, then you would just want to pot, you know, reward and praise. And that would make sense. Um, so, Basically, there's been a lot of studies that are showing that when you reward adult, a child, it doesn't matter, the age, basically over time, they're less likely to voluntarily do that task for themselves again. So like one of the studies that I'm coming up with is like if you check kids are doing puzzles like voluntarily and then you reward some of them for, you know, doing that puzzle when they have the opportunity to play with those things again, they won't go back. They're like less likely to go back and play with that one, one thing they got rewarded for. Whereas the other group of kids will go back and play with that same toy again. So they have a lot of studies that are looking at it like that. Now, it doesn't mean that using rewards doesn't work. Like it absolutely can work. You, you know, say, Hey, if you go do this, I'm going to give you a hundred dollar bill. Like most people are probably going to go do it as long as it's not some like super immoral thing. Right? Like if someone's like, Hey, Andrea, go stand on the street and like wave your arms like a monkey and I'll give you a hundred dollars. I would totally do it. Okay. That's like reward based thing. I have no like intrinsic reinforcement to do that. I'm simply doing it for the reward. And, and that can absolutely work whatever for and like a certain subset of people like they can basically entire lives do things based on like reward and reinforcement and so my my kind of different view on parenting is is like how do we want to raise our children do we want them to be like intrinsically motivated or extrinsically motivated and I personally want Remy to be intrinsically motivated to do certain things. That is just one of my values for him. Um, I also wanted to mention Beth, just because you talked about being like an obliger. I think that you can be an obliger and also be intrinsically motivated. Like, I don't think those things like are at odds with each other because I think if you're doing something to like appeal to somebody else or because someone else is holding you accountable, but that is giving you like intrinsic motivation to do that. And like, you're really happy that you're making that other person feel good. And that makes you happy. Like that's fine. And you get value out of what you're probably doing, right? Like you're going to go work out with somebody because of it, or you're going to, we do this podcast together. Like I have a lot of obliging this to show up because you're here but I also get obviously stuff out of it too um so I don't think those things are at odds at each other I think you can absolutely appease and do things for other people and it's still intrinsically motivated like I think the obligingness is your intrinsic motivation if that makes sense Definitely. And um, again, I think that it was it was one of those like knee jerk reactions like, no, I'm not doing this. And then, I, you know, I thought about it more. And that's absolutely right. Like my 
intrinsically motivating factors are, you know, it's, it can have a negative connotation, but I'm a people pleaser. Like, I like to help make other people happy. I like to make other people feel strong. I like to make other people feel empowered. Um, and that gives me such a high to, to do that for people. Um, so, you know, that that gives me, but, you know, I like the the rush that I get from it. So it is definitely an internal rush that I get that is, um, you know, somewhat based on helping other people, if that makes sense. Totally. And I don't think there's anything negative about that at all. As long as you're getting that rush and you're not like, you know, your life is, you're, you're happy because of it, right? <laughs> like that's, I don't think anything is wrong with that at all. Those are all wonderful things. Absolutely. And I, I also wanted to say you were talking about kind of, well, yes, giving your child a reward can work. I think it comes down to which we, I feel like we keep coming back to the easiest route right now might not be the easiest thing in the long run. So let's say you really need to get something accomplished. Like you, you know, you have a tight, tight deadline and it's like, Hey, you know what? If you do this right now, I will give you a piece of chocolate in the car. I don't know. I always come down to food, but you know, whatever it is, I'm motivated by food. I love it. But cause it makes me feel good. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so but if you, I think what, what the, the main argument is, is that the more you use that kind of motivation, the less pull it has. So because it's not, it's really like, oh, it's not coming from within for them. Now, if they were really, really want this treat, then yeah, maybe that's, you know, for them is a little bit more of a motivating factor, but it's not going to work 100% of the time. That's why when you start using rewards like that, for instance, let's say for going to the bathroom, you're using, you know, a Skittle for every time they go. Well, all of a sudden it's like, well, one Skittle's not enough. Now I need three Skittles and now I need a whole bag of Skittles. And you know what? I don't really want Skittles anymore. I want an ice to go out for ice cream. So a lot of times that, that building, building, building ends up being like, oh, this challenge of, well, what can I get out of you for this? Because, you know, that one little thing wasn't enough. And then all of a sudden you're not willing to buy a $50 toy every time your child pees in the potty. I mean, it's so I think that that's something you have to think about that rewards can absolutely work to get your kid to do something. But you have to think about long run consequences of it, that when you do it, you know, once in a blue moon, when you really, really, really need something, yeah, go for it. But it's not going to create um, desired behaviors in the long run, potentially. Yes, totally. And I think I can totally see myself in the future right now, just Remy's really not at that age yet, to use like a reward for like a one-off thing or something that is just like really rare, like I don't know, like that, I don't know, you're at the doctor and you have to get a shot, you know what I mean? Something like that, where it's like, whatever here, just get it, get it done and over with. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's the best example, but it's like something that is just kind of at a more of a rare occurrence, like it it just needs to get done. Like, I think that's totally fine. Like you're not going to like ruin your kid. (laughs) And I think that's a great example because that's something that, you know, as kids get older and, and actually start to get it, that's a once a year thing. So if like, getting a shot at the doctor's office means that they get to go get ice cream afterwards. Like one, that's a fun activity. Like, sure. Why not? Let's make, let's make it feel positive. Like, Hey, we're going to the doctor. Cause I know we get to get, get ice cream afterwards. So like, I think that's a great example of, um, you know, something that's not going to make or break any long-term behaviors. Totally. And so like, I think what I'm like for behaviors that I'm trying to focus on are things that are like on a daily basis, like your kid cleaning their room, your kid, you know, 
behaving at dinner time or a meal time, like whatever things that are going to help you and your family run smoothly. It's like those kinds of things. Like if you're every time you guys are trying to leave the house, you're, you know, bribing your kid and trying to get them to put on their shoes and it's becoming this battle every single single time. I'm talking about more about stuff like that. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about that intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation piece. So one thing that I have noticed in myself, which is I think why I feel so strongly about this, is I actually do not have a ton of intrinsic motivation naturally. Um, It's been something I've been really working on. And I very much think that's because of how I was raised. I'm sure obviously anything in human psychology, there's complex things. So there's not just like one thing, but I definitely... Learning about this has maybe been like, holy shit, <laughs> like this is my problem. <laughs> and because my parents, one, they did use punishment. So it's not like they were just using positive reinforcement. But any rewards or positive reinforcement they did use was very random and variable and very unpredictable. So it, as a kid, it was very much me seeking, trying to get their reward and get their acknowledgement and get their praise And I did want to say that I am including praise in the same thing as rewards. So maybe I should stop and like, like just really quickly say what praise is because we haven't talked about that yet. Praise is similar to a reward, but a reward is tangible, like Beth said. But a praise is more like, good job. You did so well. I'm so proud of you. Like, you know, really like just getting really excited about that accomplishment. Now that is different from like acknowledgement. Um, and like recognizing what they did. So acknowledgement, recognition, that's more like pointing out, like rehashing what they did and its effect. So, oh my gosh, thank you so much for putting the dishes away. I'm so grateful. Now I get to sit down and like rest my tired feet. Um, or like, it looks like you're ready for bed early. Awesome. That means we can read another story. Now we have more time. Or, oh, I saw how happy Johnny was when you shared your toy with him. Did you notice that big smile on his face? Like that's all recognizing facts that happened versus I want to add a potty one because I feel like Mm, that's mm -hmm. um, so for my for my own daughter, like this morning, she got up and went to the bathroom without any asking or anything. And I said, oh, you you went you went pee in the potty. I bet your belly feels better. So I try to say like, hey, you know, like you notice your belly doesn't feel great. But when you have to go to the bathroom and now I bet your belly feels better now. Yes, that's like a perfect example. Love it. Um, so anyways, with my parents, with myself, it's been something that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to seek out their praise. It's like trying to constantly do things that give me their reward of their praise and intrinsically also their love. So while I can logically know now that their love for me isn't based on my accomplishments, Actually, it's still hard to feel that way. <laughs> now I say that loud. I'm like, no, I still don't 100% believe that. Like, this is kind of the issue that I want to talk about is that kids start to learn over time that like, oh, when you're really proud of them for something that it's like, oh, their your your love for them is based on their behavior and what they do. And I just don't think that's the best lesson to teach, even if that's not it at all, even if you like would love them no matter what, because I think most of us will hopefully it's still, they don't, they like pick up on that differently. And so clearly I have issues around this. So um, like I 
went out, I got my doctorate, I got my board certification. Like on paper, I've probably done a lot of things that, you know, other people would think are pretty impressive. And like, I'm not impressed by any of those things. Like I, um, honestly, I will say this and it kind of is a little embarrassing to say it out loud. Like, I don't think for myself that those are any special accomplishments whatsoever. Like I have very little pride or like value or worth or whatever tied into those things. And I think that that's a huge reason. Like I never got the praise. I never got the accomplishment for them. It was all done to appease somebody else, not to appease me. Like I did not have that intrinsic motivation to do that. So I might be on the extreme end, but I feel like you see this in other people. Like, right, you see those, I'm sure we all know that person who's like this amazing person who's done all these wonderful things and they're they don't feel that way about themselves. They don't see their own value and what they're doing as great. And I do think that this is one of the things that over time will contribute to that. Now, again, I wanna go back to what Beth and I were saying at the beginning is like, it's okay if you have been like doing something differently. I'm not saying this to be like really depressing. I am now working through my own self-worth and I'm gonna get there and it's like cool. <laughs> um, but I think this is all something we can do as parents to help our kids see their self-worth just, just for being a human being and not based on any of their behaviors or actions. Like helping them learn that even if they, you know, spill their drink at mealtime yet again, like you still love them very much. Um, they don't get, you know, praised for like, oh my God, you didn't spill your drink, how amazing, because that means if they do spill their drink, then they did something wrong. Even if you are having zero reaction or zero negative like consequence to it or anything like that. Um, so I think that is kind of my underlying really like deep need to like get this message out is because I felt it very strongly. And again, I think if you have, let's say you're like, oh my gosh, this is resonating with me. I haven't been doing this at all. Like it's never too late to, to change or to you know introduce this in a different way. Um, and I totally recommend Alfie Kohn, K-O-H-N, has a book called Punished by Rewards, and he talks about it. And I think in his book, he talks about even how to transition if you haven't been using that. And he has a great podcast um, episode, you can link to it on your Parenting Mojo podcast about this. He's like a little harsh about all this, I think, but <laughs> if you want to listen to like an old man who's like, this is my freaking beliefs, <laughs> then it's a good episode. Um but he talks about like, okay, what to do, how to have those conversations if you have been rewarding your children and how to switch over. And I think that it's important to note that you probably remember more of the instances that you reward your children than the instances that you were doing the other steps. So, you know, again, when we started talking about this last week, I was like, oh, I reward my child for this and this is, but there's so many other things that I really do have these conversations of, well, we do this so that we do that. And, um, you know, it's definitely a lot more of a conversation. So, you know, I let my child, if she wants a sweet, she can have a sweet and she'll eat it. And the other day she goes, my belly kind of hurts. I think I ate too much because we've had that conversation. Like, yes, you can have sweets when you want a sweet, but you have to listen to what your belly's telling you. So it might say, you know, oh, you know what? I had too much of that. And so the next night when she had some, she stopped. Like she had ice cream two dates in a row. The first night 
she maybe had a little too much and her belly hurt the next night she stopped halfway through and was like my belly's ready to be done and and I think that that kind of learning you just have to have conversations we've talked about it before kind of like sports casting your child's life, commenting on what they're doing and why they're doing it or um, why they might be doing it um, without being judgmental or praiseful or any of those things. And I think that you can start it young. Your kid's not going to get it yet. I mean, at four and a half, my, my daughter's just starting to figure out this like cause and effect relationship that if I do A, B happens. Like if I hit someone, they cry. Like, that's a pretty early cause and effect that they realize. Like, okay, I hit someone, they cry. Their crying makes me not feel good, so maybe I don't want to hit them. So that's sort of this kind of, we get towards intrinsic motivation. It's not, okay, well, I hit I hit my sister, and then I got yelled at. Well, that's punishment. That's that external factor. But if I hit my, my sister, and she starts to cry, and that makes me feel bad, that's going to be more likely to stop me from hitting her again than the other way around. Yes, that's amazing. And I think to add to that, I think what some of this research is showing is that if you do punish for that behavior or, you know what I mean, you're like in that instant knee jerk reaction, you know, your toddler hits your baby, like you're like, what are you doing? And you kind of yell at them is it actually takes away from that learning that they impacted the other, their baby sister or whatever, you know, and so they actually are learning I need to avoid hitting because mom yells at me, not because that makes my baby sister cry. And so the in that moment, again, when this is where the hard part is, is being able to restrain that knee-jerk reaction because we will all have it and you'll all have it and it's okay, I still do it too. Like it's not, we're not talking about perfection here. The, the more appropriate thing to do to help foster that learning of their impact on other uh, people around them is to say, Okay, you know, pull them aside, make sure your baby is safe, make sure they're safe. You know, you can physically move them if you need to and say, can you notice how now she is crying after you hit them, you know, and just pointing out your hitting made her cry. And you don't need to be like, how did that make you feel? Does that make you feel terrible? You know what I mean? Like, no, they'll, and they start to learn and it's not going to happen the first time, especially for a toddler. Like we have to talk about age appropriate development here, just like, you know, your kiddo ate too much candy, you know, a few times in a row before they learn. And she's probably going to eat too much candy a bunch more times before she, I still eat too much, you know, food and can't really eat candy, but I still eat too much stuff sometimes. I still haven't freaking learned it, but you know, it's, it's having realistic expectations of what, you know, they should be learning, I think is a big piece of this and trusting that they can learn that. And it's not going to happen the first time. And doing this type of, you know, taking away rewards and really adding this intrinsic motivation isn't going to make for some perfectly behaved toddler. Like, they're still toddlers. <laughs> like, it's developmentally appropriate for them to test their boundaries and to push you and to do things that'll, you know, probably try to make you mad. Like, that's all developmentally appropriate. So I think sometimes the argument I've heard people make is like, oh, well, if I don't do that, then they're going to be, you know, out of control or then they're not going to do this behavior. And it's like, no matter what you do, they're not, obviously they're not doing that behavior right now. Well, you know, why else are you constantly rewarding it? And why else is it a battle? Like <laughs> it's a battle because they're a toddler, not because, you know, of the type of reinforcement you're using necessarily. Um, the other thing I wanted to add is like babies and kids want to grow up naturally. 
Skinner actually, we'll bring him back into this, had a great quote because I really liked it. And he says, no one asks how to motivate a baby. A baby naturally explores everything it can get at unless restraining forces have already been at work. And this tendency doesn't die out. It's wiped out. And I thought that was a really awesome and kind of depressing quote at the same time. Because we don't need to teach our kids to be motivated to like grow up and do the things that we want them to do for the most part, like to engage in adult activities, you know, to be part of chores, to eat their food, to clean their room, to, you know, just want to do good things for other people. All of those are like intrinsically motivated things for human behavior. Humans naturally want to appease one another. Humans naturally want to be part of the tribe. And that tribe just might be your family or might be a larger context. Um, humans already are very much trying to get the approval of others. So I think using rewards just kind of like digs into that more. Um, and like, we don't need to, they already want to like appease you. So like, you don't need to add like a reward to like appease that even more, if that makes sense. Definitely. And I do want to know, I love that, that quote. I, you know, yes, I love, it's also a little depressing, but I love that. And it's something that I talk about with my clients a lot. Like as, if, if I get a baby that's motivated and now majority babies are typically born with motivation. Occasionally I will come across babies that are not, and that's usually something developmentally or cognitively or, you know, something that, that, you know, is medically, um, a struggle with them. So if that's something that you're like, Oh, I have this baby and they have no interest. Well, ask the doctor, get some support with that. But what I do want to say, if you're struggling to figure out how to kind of do this more of acknowledgement versus praise and reward to help educate your child in intrinsic motivation, start with kind of sports casting yourself and be that example because our kids mimic our behavior so much. So for instance, let's say your child doesn't like to take a bath or take a shower. So maybe every time you take a shower or, you know, when your child sees you take a shower, it's like, oh, I feel so much better after that shower. Like I feel so clean and fresh and just, it just made me feel good because that's, you know, you know, are we taking a shower because we don't want other people to smell us or are we taking a shower because it makes us feel good? I'm hoping it's the latter, that we take a shower because it makes us feel better to take a shower and then we're not doing it to please other people. Um, and so if you start setting those examples for yourself, your children will start to pick up on that and it'll be easier to kind of support them through that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And even just a lot of this is just paying attention at first and just noticing what you're doing. Like you're not going to just change this overnight if this is something you want to implement. This is really hard because it does go against pretty much everything we learn and like what a lot of parenting books say and everything like that. So, so just know that this is not going to be some instant change. I catch myself praising Remy like, oh, good job, like all the time. And it's like something I have been trying to change since the day he was born. It's just like ingrained in me. <laughs> and so what I do is that I say it, I'll like just then like re-sports cast something. So it's like, you know, I'm trying to think of an example right now. He drew on my whiteboard the other day. It's like, oh, wow, you made this drawing. You know, it's like, oh, look at those lines you drew. You know, I just like reemphasize whatever he did um, instead. And then like Adam and I will call each other out on it when we do it. So if Adam's like, good job, you ate all your food. I'm like, or I'll be like, oh, Remy, did you eat what your tummy feels good with? You know, like we'll just kind of re-say it back and like 
catch each other because we're both trying to do it. And just so just know that, like, even as I'm sitting here preaching this, like, I still use praise a lot because I think I since I didn't have it very much as a kid, it's something that I like sometimes feel the need to do. Um, and it's like, it's okay. And so it's a learning process for sure. And then um, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, I think that's a really good place to wrap up. So thank you all so much for joining us today. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Pizza Real Eats, and Andrea, Dr. Andrea Moore, on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.